today I wanted you to fully understand that when the Holy Spirit came, it was for our good. Never attempt to live your Christian life without the Holy Spirit. Never. Life is a journey, and as in every journey, you need a roadmap. Today on Your Roadmap to Success, you will receive detailed instructions on how to navigate through life successfully. Welcome to Your Roadmap to Success with author and teacher, Neil Achampong. Right. Shall we all just bow our heads together and pray? Father, we ask you today that you would speak forth to our hearts, that you would change us, that you would help us, that as we study the subject of the giving of the Holy Spirit, the day that he came, we pray that, Lord, you give us the understanding that we may fully know what it is that you want to establish in and through our lives. We give you thanks. We give you honor even in the precious name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we have prayed and everyone said, Amen. All right. So we will continue with our series of lessons on the book of Acts. And today we are in chapter 2. Today we are in Acts chapter 2. And we are looking at the subject, the given of the Holy Spirit. The given of the Holy Spirit. And I wanted to put into brackets the gift of tongues. Because that day, it did show up. And I want you to listen very carefully. We will read a lot of scriptures. And I want you to go through every scripture with us because it is important. There are many people who misunderstand the subject of the Holy Spirit. Many people do. All right? Now, one thing you must understand is this. The Holy Spirit is the only individual who will give birth to you so that you are a Christian. Jesus said it himself in the book of John chapter 3. He said, except a man is born again, he cannot. Talk back to me. Except a man is born again, he cannot what? See or enter the kingdom of God. Then later on, he says in verse 5, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that gives birth to you. So you become a member of the kingdom of God. Then Jesus said, after you become a member of the kingdom, it takes the same Holy Spirit to empower you. So that is, the Holy Spirit is not something you can mess around with. And today we want to take our time to delve into a subject that I do believe that is important, but at the same time, we have placed too much emphasis on that to the detriment of the other things that the Holy Spirit brings into the life of the believer. Amen and amen. And so we're looking at the giving of the Holy Spirit. Shall we all say that together? All right, and into brackets, let's all say together the gift of tongues. All right, today's lesson is not just about the gift of tongues, about the giving of the Holy Spirit. But remember that the subject we are looking at is the day when the gift of tongues was used. And so we will begin today's lesson, and I would want us to go into the book of Acts, and we are going to ask three basic questions. The first question is what happened on the day of Pentecost? The second question that we're going to ask is, can it happen today? And tell me, how did it happen? What happened on the day of Pentecost? All right. Can it happen today? Can it repeat itself? Is it a possibility? And finally, how it did happen. And so I will actually need to read uh, for us as we begin today, the book of Acts chapter 2. Please pick up your Bibles. And today we will use the New International Version um, for the purpose of our study. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. All right. Acts 2, verse number 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. So what is Pentecost? Um, for us to fully understand the context of Acts chapter 2, 
we need to define Pentecost. In the book of Leviticus 23, God instituted seven feasts for the people of Israel. One of them was the Feast of Pentecost. Another name for the Feast of Pentecost is the Feast of Weeks. Now, in the Feast of Pentecost, they celebrated what is called the Harvest of Wheat. They were farmers. And so when the wheat came, they, was, they were celebrating that day. Secondly, the Feast of Pentecost also was a celebration where the people were reminded of the, the giving of the law. You all remember that God gave his law through Moses? You remember that? On Mount Sinai. And so at Pentecost, they do not only celebrate that feast of harvest, but they also celebrate the giving of the law. You must understand that this is important to the book of Acts and why God chose to specifically bring the Holy Spirit on that day has something to do with the meaning of Pentecost. You must clearly understand that as they celebrate the harvest of crops, on the day of Pentecost, we celebrate the harvest of souls. As they celebrated this day that they were being reminded of the, 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 the law, we are reminded of the new law that God is given. It is no more just the law, but the Holy Spirit. Are you guys with me? One of the things I need you to clearly understand as we uh, study this thing, and I'll come to it later on, is that it was also a time when it was not too cold. In fact, Pentecost occurs between May 15th and June 15th, thereabout. So that's like good summertime, and people can go out. So the Bible says on that day, there were many people from different nations who were present in Jerusalem to celebrate the day. So pick up from um, verse 2. Uh, to verse 4, and let's continue. All right, so from verse 2, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Verse 3, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Four. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Okay. Do you want to recap those things in there for us? All right. So, first of all, we see that there was a sound which came like the blowing of a violent wind. And um, the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues. All right. So I think there was a fourth one that you missed. So there was a sound, there was fire, there was the filling of the Holy Spirit, and then there was a speaking of tongues, right? All right. Okay. So, So why did the sound and fire precede the coming of the Holy Spirit? Now, first of all, we've looked at the significance of Pentecost, but we must also look at why there was a need for a sound and there was a need for fire. Everybody say sound and fire. Now, we had mentioned that at Pentecost, they don't only celebrate the, the feast of the harvest of, uh, of wheat, but they're also being reminded that day of the giving of the law. If you go with me to the book of Exodus chapter 19, you would understand clearly that at the first time that God was given the law to Moses, where well, we have what's called the Mosaic Covenant, on that day, the Bible says God descended from heaven with a sound in a tender. And when he came, he descended literally in the midst of fire. His presence came and it was held by a sound and it was heralded by what? By fire. And then when he descended upon the mountain, he gave the law to Moses. When Moses comes out, you would already recollect that the people were at that point worshiping golden calf. You remember that story? And so the scriptures and Moses was angry and long story short, the scripture says the Levites grabbed swords and that day 3,000 people die. Fast forward, we're in the book of Acts and God says, now I'm going to bring my presence again. This time is not going to stay in tabernacles. 
is not going to stay in temples made with the hands of humans, but is going to be in a temple that I, God, has made. And it is you, and it is me, and it is all of us. And God says, I'm going to do it pretty much the same way I did it at first. I would descend with a sound, and I would descend with fire. The only difference is that what the law was to the people in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit is to us. So he says, when I sign the new covenant, I will put my spirit in you. You don't need to be taught by somebody because the Holy Spirit will be on the inside of you. And that is why the fire and the sound had to precede it. God was simply saying, I am mimicking what has taken place in the past, but the difference is that you are now not going to live by a set of rules, but you are going to live by the GPS on the inside of you, the proper AI, artificial intelligence. This one is spiritual intelligence on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Oh, wow. God is so intentional. He's intentional about us. Hallelujah. So we'll pick up the reading. Yes, let's pick it up from verse 5. We're still in Acts chapter 2, please. So I'm reading from verse 5. This time I'm going all the way to 18. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Pharisia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? 13, some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Verse 14. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. 18. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Amen. So let's try and recap. The scripture says the sound shows up. Fire comes in, they are filled with the Holy Spirit, and they speak in tongues. Everybody say they speak in tongues. They're controversial tongues. We'll come to it. In verse 5, we're told that because it was a feat of Pentecost, there were many people from different nations. Actually, if you look at the list that was given, parties, Medians, Phrygia, Pamphylia, visitors from Rome, and so on, about 17 nations were present. Now, if you read from the English text, it says people from every nation. Obviously, that was the then known world. Are you guys with me? So there were not people coming from Todiasi to the place. They were not there, all right? Um, did you understand my, my um, illustration? Okay. So people from different nations, they've all showed up at the place, and then the scripture says when the, uh, the disciples began to speak in tongues, or different languages, literally, they heard their own mother tongue from what they said. And it's become a point of controversy these days, where people will say, how come that their tongues was understood and ours is not understood? We will come to it, all right? I'll come to it. We will deal with that subject. And then Peter steps up on the scene, and he deals with another controversy in our day. 
that the Holy Spirit was for the apostles, it's not for everybody. And Peter says, no, this is what was prophesied by Joel in the Old Testament, that in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on how many people? All flesh. All flesh. And he begins to give a list of all flesh. Your sons, your daughters, your young men, your young women. And he says, even the slaves in your household, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit on all. So the Holy Spirit is not for certain people. It is for anybody who is willing to say, come and breathe in me. Are you guys understanding that? Yeah, and it is so crucial that we need it. Now, let me just divert a little bit and pay attention. When God created man in the beginning, the Bible says he breathed into man. Did he? What did he breathe into man? What is his spirit? What is another name for his spirit? The Holy Spirit. He breathed into man. And when man sinned, there had to be a departure of the Holy Spirit. So this world is full of people who are living dead. Because as soon as the Holy Spirit is not on the inside of you, to God you are dead. Are you guys with me? Because when God told Adam, the day you eat of this fruit, you will surely die. Adam lived 900, and, 900 plus years. So the truth is, was God lying? No, he wasn't. He was simply saying, when sin comes into your life, when you disobeyed me, my spirit left you. Throughout the rest of scripture, all God was doing was trying to sanctify this body and get it ready again so that the Holy Spirit can what? Come back. So in John chapter 20, when Jesus resurrects from the dead, one of the first things Jesus did was the Bible says he looked at the disciples and he breathed on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. That's kind of odd. Because later on, he tells them to go and wait for the Holy Spirit. Well, why would you breathe on them and say, receive, and then tell them to go wait? I'll come to it. But what I want you to see is that God's order is that all this while, he wants his spirit to be the one living in us and telling us what to do. So when Jesus breathed on them, he said, receive. Everybody say, receive. Now, if you conjugate that word receive into two words, it is with a prefix re, which means again. And the word see means have it or take it. So he says, when God the Father in the Garden of Eden breathed on man, he says, take my spirit, sieve it. Now that man has been cleansed after Jesus' resurrection, he does the same thing God the Father did from the beginning and said, take it again, receive it. Because he wants the Holy Spirit to be the one living on the inside of us. So the idea that it is the Holy Spirit for some, some dudes is wrong. It's for everybody. Would you please raise your right hand and say the Holy Ghost is for me? I'm excited. Amen. The Holy Ghost is for us. Yes, he is. He is to our advantage, saints. The Holy Ghost is to our advantage. All right. So let me ask, did the coming of the Holy Spirit happen beyond that day, that Acts 2 day, the yes. day of the Pentecost? Yes. When the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, there was fire, there was a the sound, there was a the feeling, and then they were speaking in tongues. The only thing that did not repeat itself was the fire and the sound. Why? Because that day God was inaugurating a new temple. If you follow the scriptures, anytime God inaugurated something where his presence was going to be, there was a sound and there was fire. He did it with the tabernacle. He did it with the temple. You all remember when Solomon prayed, the Bible says the cloud of glory was so much they couldn't stand. All right. Now he's doing the same thing. So after God was done with the inauguration of the new temple, which is me and you, 1 Corinthians 6, 19, know you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. After he's done with that inauguration, the fire and the sound never repeated itself. But the feeling and the speaking kept going on. All right? If you look at Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 8, I will read Acts chapter 8. Lady D will read Acts chapter 10. And all right, before we do that, Let's read Acts chapter 2. I think Lady D is reminding me of a scripture 
that I'm about jumping. Right, verse 37 and verse 39, if you're there with me. Acts chapter 2, verse 37 to 39, please. Okay. 37, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 39, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Amen. Amen. Let's all read verse 39 together, everybody, from the screen, shall we? The promise, the promise is for, for you. you. All right, hold on. Let's attack the reading. Ready? Let's do it again. The, the promise, promise is, is for, for you, you and, and your children, children and for, for who all who are far, are far off, off, for all whom, whom the Lord, Lord our God will call. call. Wow. So he's speaking to the people from different nations, and he says the promise is to you. It is to your children. It's to those who are far off. They are in Jerusalem. So everywhere outside of that area, the promise is for them. And then it says, this promise is also for all who the Lord our God shall call. And that is where you and I, we fall into. Amen. Where I come from, I'm very far away from Jerusalem. But I have been called by the Lord. You have been called by the Lord. Everyone who has come to receive Jesus has been called by the Lord. And the promise is for you. The promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit, is for you. All right, let's go to Acts chapter 8 because we are trying to explore that when this happened in Jerusalem, did it happen again? All right, and I've explained to you that the fire and the sound was not necessary because God was done with the inauguration, but then the Spirit must continue. In Acts chapter 8, we read the story of uh, people who were in Samaria. I'll pick up from verse 14. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers. Please pay attention. They prayed for the new what? Believers there, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So what was the purpose of the prayer? So they will receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on, them, on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of Jesus the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed his hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So we are in Samaria now. Are you guys following my argument? It happened in Jerusalem, but now it has repeated itself where? In Samaria. All right, let's look at it repeated itself also in Caesarea around Cornelius and the rest of people. Acts chapter 10, from verse 44 to 46. Lady D will read that for us. Acts chapter 10, 44 to 46. Acts 10, 44 to 46. While Peter was still speaking these words. I'm still here. Page is flipping. You ready? While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. 46. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Amen. Amen. So from Jerusalem to Samaria and now to Caesarea. Remember Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll be witnesses where? In Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, right? He shows up in Jerusalem. He shows up in Samaria. And now he's in Caesarea. That is within the region of Judea. Are you guys with me? All right. Now, go with me to the book of Acts chapter 11. Because Peter is recounting this story. Because the rest of the people who were of the circumcision, that is the Jews, they were like, Pete, you made a mistake. Did you actually pray for this? Are you saying these people also received the Holy Spirit? Because they tend to think the Holy Spirit was just... For those 12, or maybe the 120 who were in the upper room, <laughs> but it was for everybody. And listen to how Peter recounts it, Acts chapter 11, right, from verse 15. As I began to speak, Peter is speaking here. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them. So even these people, he didn't pray for them. He was just what? Speaking, like I am speaking. 
and the Holy Spirit can come upon someone. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us. You see the comparison he's making? He said, as he has come on us at the beginning, then I remembered what the Lord had said. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Everybody say Holy Spirit baptism. The word baptism simply brings us in union, in union with something. When there's water baptism, it is in union with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is to be in union with the power of God itself so that it will emanate through your being. Are you guys with me today? Verse 17. If you all read with me from the screen, that would be so great, shall we? So, if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? Peter is saying, people, I saw the same thing on the day of Pentecost repeating itself in Caesarea. So this is for you. Young people, I ask you to stay because I want you to know this is for you. This is not an adult thing. I'll pour out my spirit on the young man. Amen. One last scripture. It happened again in Ephesus. Acts chapter 19. Lady D will read that for us. Acts chapter 19. We'll read the first six verses from verse 1 to verse 6. Acts 19. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asks, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Six, when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Amen. They spoke in tongues and what? So you realize that this thing did happen beyond Jerusalem. Are you guys seeing it? It happened beyond what? We have seen it. Peter said it. It's for you. The promise is for you, for your children, for those who are far off, even as many as the Lord will call. We saw it in Samaria. We saw it in Caesarea. We have seen it in Ephesus. And if you look at the Dan world, Ephesus is in the region of what we call today modern Turkey. All right? Have you read the Bible and then you hear things about the letter to the seven churches in Asia Minor? Ephesus was the first one. You remember? All right? So they were to, to Jerusalem, these guys were far away. So the promise has already started moving through all these regions. Amen. It has started moving through all regions. So, having said all that you said, the question is, can it happen today? Yes, it can happen today. Let's say that together. It can happen today. The only thing that will not repeat itself is the sound and the fire because God is done with the inauguration. But the feeling... And the speaking can happen today. Amen. And we want to take our time. Whilst we get into the next session, please understand something. Speaking in tongues is only one gift. And I don't want you to keep focusing just on that alone. Because the Holy Spirit brings more with him. Amen. He brings more. So, hon, it can happen again. And it is happening and we are believing the Lord, it will happen this morning. The first thing I'd like to state, please write it down, is that we receive the Holy Spirit the moment we are saved. John chapter 3, verse 5, Jesus answered, and he was answering Nicodemus, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of the water and the Spirit. No one. And so it is through the Holy Spirit that we become born again. Are you guys understanding? 
So the first time you receive the Holy Spirit is the day that you are born. What? Another scripture, Ephesians chapter 1. Lady D will read that for us. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 to verse 14. Are you guys learning anything today? All right. Ephesians 1, 13 to 15? 14. 14. All right. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, when you believed, you were sealed with what? Come on, talk to me. You were sealed with what? With the the Holy, Holy Spirit of promise. Remember, it was the Father who promised that we will receive the Holy Spirit. The second thing I want you to learn is that the Holy Spirit gives several gifts. And speaking in tongues is only one of them. Are you guys with me? On the day of Pentecost, we saw the speaking in tongues. On the other days, we saw this. They're speaking in tongues, but it does not mean it's the only thing the Holy Spirit brings. And I want us to just go through the book of Corinthians. We'll go through three chapters, chapter 12, chapter 13, and chapter 14, and we will look at what the Holy Spirit brings. So please, if you would turn there, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we will start from verse 1, we'll read a few verses, and then we'll jump into other scriptures as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now about, I'm reading verse 1, now about the gifts of the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. So notice what Paul is doing here. He's saying that, listen, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, he brings a lot with him. And I don't want you to be uninformed. Everybody say uninformed. If you read the scriptures, you will notice that the Holy Spirit brings with him Based on my counting, maybe you will count more. He brings 22 gifts. How many gifts that the Holy Spirit brings? 22 of them. Speaking in tongues is only one of them. So let's stop getting hung up on one. But that one is important. And I will share with you why. So begin from verse 4 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And let's begin to look at some set of gifts the Holy Spirit brings. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 to 10. Okay, 1 Corinthians 12, 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. All right, pause. In all the gifts, who gives them? In all the gifts, who gives them? The Holy Spirit gives them. Did you copy that? Then he says, the gifts is given for? For there. I do believe that people need to be reimbursed for their time, but never ever charge for the gift of God. Because it's given for free. And I'm not saying this to church members, but I'm saying this to pastors. Put the camera right here. When you get invited into a place and you preach and teach God's word and you don't have money to buy a plane ticket to go back, if God sent you there, he would take you back home. We must first of all go because he's asking us to go. Not when we want to. How many of you remember that Philip wanted to preach and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit Bam, the guy was missing and he showed up somewhere. When we allow God, he will lead us. Amen. The spirit is given for their common. All right, verse 8, hon. To one there is given through the spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, 
And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Amen. So let's try and recap some of the gifts. All right. right. As for tongues, we all know, right? Mm -hmm. So what are some of the gifts the Holy Spirit brings? All right. So to one, the message of wisdom, word of wisdom, as Uh we all know. Then to another, word of knowledge, message of knowledge. Then to another, faith. Uh So there's a gift of faith. Then to another, the gift of healing. Uh To another, miraculous powers, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. Uh To another, discernment Uh of spirit, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. Uh And to another, the interpretation of tongues. So how many gifts did you count? We counted nine. You guys, did you see that? What I want you to see is that we become so focused and hung up on one, we forget the Holy Spirit brings more. And I want you to see that. We don't have time uh, to read all of it. But if you read Romans chapter 12, verse 6 to 8, he tells us several other gifts, about seven of them over there. If you go through the book of Peter, 1 Peter chapter 4, from verse 10 to verse 11, he gives another list. I think it's about two of them, serving and, um, um, and speaking. So some people are gifted by the Holy Spirit to speak. So don't tell all of them to shut up. Are you, are you, are you guys with me? In fact, if you go to the Old Testament, a guy called Bezalel, the Bible says the Spirit of God, this is predated New Testament time. But God literally put his spirit in him and he had the ability to do architectural designs. Today, there are people who are designing not of God because Satan has baptized them. And they are putting designs in that only puts in place the power of darkness. But God has also enabled people with the ability to put designs in that bring his glory. What I want you to see is that the Holy Spirit is not just about speaking in tongues at church. It's about architectural designs. It's about artwork. People who would, would, would do an artwork and you look at it and you say, hmm, we didn't pay somebody to do this. One of us did that. And I believe the gentleman is gifted. Because when I showed him the concept, I did not give him a picture. And he came up with that. God, through his spirit, is giving all of us several gifts, and we must learn to use them. Now, we were in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, right? You read up to verse 11. Now, let's read verse 11 again, hon. Read verse 11 again. Everybody look at verse 11. Or maybe let us all read from the screen, shall we? Go. All these are the, the work, work of, of the same spirit. spirit. And, and he, he distributes them to each one. Just as he determines. Just as he? Just as he? So you don't get to choose. The pastor does not choose. The Holy Spirit chooses. The New Century Version puts it this way. As he decides. He decides when and what. Are you guys with me? So when we pray over you and you have not received the Holy Spirit... Please don't conclude that maybe it is not meant for me. You must keep desiring. Because the Holy Spirit decides who gets what and when. Are you with me? And if he is the one who gives tongues and interpretation of tongues, then those who argue that on the day of Pentecost, the tongues could be understood. Because the Holy Spirit wanted it to be understood. Later on, when we get to chapter 14, you will find out of 1 Corinthians that whenever you speak in tongues, you are not speaking to people. You are speaking to God. But the Holy Spirit can make it such a way that 17 nations... Now, I want you all to picture. 
if me and Diana are just talking, everybody here is talking, blah, 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 blah. and then people walk in here, and 17 nations, you can hear your language. Who were you hearing what from? That tells you that the Holy Spirit is not some, something to mess around with. He has ability to communicate, and he had the way of using human lips to send a message. Because, please remember, it was not Peter's message that brought 3,000. It was the wonderful works of God declared two tongues that started turning the hearts of the people because the Holy Spirit actually is the one who changes the hearts of men. Are you guys with me? So if the tongues was understood then and ours is not understood today, we will come to it because the Bible tells us whenever you speak in tongues, you are not speaking to a human being. They are not supposed to understand. When there's going to be an understanding, the Holy Spirit will give an interpretation either to you or through someone else to interpret it. Are you guys with me? People give those arguments because they just want to take the Holy Spirit and put him on the shelf. My problem is the church is suffering today because we have marginalized the one ingredient that would have made the soup taste good. In fact, we have all kinds of ingredients, but the one ingredient that if it is left out, everything goes sour. And I pray that today we will come to that understanding. Amen? Amen. So Paul, in this text of 1 Corinthians 12, he says, I don't want you to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. He lines up nine of them. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, miracles, uh, discernment of spirits, speaking in tongues, all of that. Then after that, the rest of 1 Corinthians 12, Paul talks about how the church is like a body. Everybody say a body. Now, as I stand here, this is my body. What makes it a body? All the parts. Name some of the parts. My head, uh-huh. My shoulders, my knees. You guys have been in church for too long. Right? Now, do you realize that if my right hand is not functioning, some other parts of the body must work hard to compensate for it? You represent the head. I may represent the feet. Him, he might represent everybody in the church has a part to play. The Holy Spirit, please listen to me and write it down. He has given everybody at least one gift you already have a gift sitting there. And I'll show you in scripture. Everybody. First Peter, some of you are looking at, well, what is he saying? First Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Write it down. He says, for every one of you, according to the grace that is given you, has a gift. So serve with them. When I refuse not to preach, then I have done my work. What if the people who sing decide not to sing? What about if the ushers don't usher? What about if those who clean don't clean? Are you guys with me? Everybody, you see, the mistake we all make is that we think the gift is all speaking in tongues. But Bezalel's own was not speaking in tongues. The guy could simply just do artistic work and architectural work and designs and metal work. Can you believe metal work is an act of the Holy Spirit? So everybody must play their. Raise your right hand and say this with me. I am going to play my part. Come on, say it like you really mean it. I am going to play my part. Amen. Every Christian has one gift. And please, it is the Holy Spirit who determines it. Amen. So if you look at the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul now speaks and he says, desire the gift. Gift of discernment, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, faith, miracles. I know somebody was saying faith. Abba Fasta, faith is also a gift. Yes. It is not the same as the faith that everybody else has. Because you realize there are some people when they speak, you can tell they have faith. Do I look crazy when I talk sometimes? 
Do I? Do I sound crazy when I talk sometimes? Because it was like, that's not possible. Because I see it. You don't see it. I'm gifted with it. Are you with me? In the same way, when God gifts you with something, when you function, people will wonder. Amen. And so Paul goes on through the whole book of First Corinthians chapter 12 and says, everybody must play their part because we all belong to that. Now he ends chapter 12 in verse 31 by saying, desire the excellent gift. He's still talking about gift. And he says, desire the excellent one. Everybody say excellent gift. And the excellent gift is love. Now, everybody say fruit of the Spirit. Gift of the Spirit. You see, when the Holy Spirit comes, he brings more. So I don't want you to get hung up on tongues. If you haven't received tongues yet, keep praying because there are other things in you God can still use. The day he wants you to speak, he will bring it to pass. Are you guys with me? All right. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Are you in verse 1? If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, And if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. How many gifts of the Spirit have been enumerated here? Tongues, prophecy, faith, giving to the poor. He's saying that some people are gifted to give to the poor. All of us may give one way or the other, but there are people who are gifted to do it. They will be left with a dollar. They don't mind giving the dollar away. Some of us, if we have a dollar, we'll give at least 25 cents. So we'll keep 75. That is how you know you don't have that gift. Those who have that gift, yeah, you don't need extra prayer to know that. Those who have that gift, if they have a dollar, they don't mind giving the dollar, going to borrow another dollar and give it. Because they're gifted at doing it. And they're not worried about it. Amen? All right. So he says, if I have gifts, he gives a list. But cannot operate the gift in love. Something is wrong. So if I speak in tongues, and it's not in love. So he's telling you something. Everybody pay attention. The word of God is teaching us that God must work in us before he does it through us. Are you guys with me? God must what? Work before he... Let's say that again. He must work before he works through us. Whenever the gifts are there, it is him, the Holy Spirit, working through us. But when the fruits, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, all of that is there, then it means he has work in us. And he says, if he, has, he is not done working in you, then working through you is not good. Are you following? So if I have the gift of tongues, but love is missing, Remember the Bible says it's the Holy Spirit, Romans chapter 5, that sheds abroad in our heart the love of God. Only him can do that. Because sometimes you deal with people and the ones who are not even EGR ends up becoming EGR. This morning I was becoming EGR to my wife. She needed extra grace to deal with me. (laughs) So, the Holy Spirit decides, but he wants to work in us before he tries to work through us. So stop praying and asking, can you do this in my life? Can you do this through me that people will know I have power? I am more interested in what God would do in your life because when some things have taken place in your life, you will automatically speak it. Am I right? 
He does that. And he tells us, please, let's make sure that we are functioning by the gifts of the Spirit and also through the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. Chapter 14. We'll be closing soon. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. So the Holy Spirit brings a lot of gifts. The Holy Spirit brings a lot of Whilst you are turning there, let me read a scripture. Romans 6, 8, don't turn to that. Turn to the First Corinthians 14. It says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is to prophesy, then prophesy according to your faith. If it is serving, serve. If it is teaching, teach. If it is encouraging, encourage. He's telling you that people are gifted to encourage. Not everybody. Can. You realize somebody wants to give you encouragement and they will end up pissing you off. But some people, just by their mere presence around you, you get encouraged because they are gifted to do it. He said, if it's encouraging, yes. If it is giving, give generously. If it is to lead, lead diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Have you find that there are people you look at sometimes and say, you, you don't deserve any mercy. And there is someone every day, he wants to show mercy to everybody. And there is a brother, brother, where is uh, retribution and judgment? It is because you are not gifted with that. That person would always want to show mercy. So when you go to grow groups, I've given lists, exhaustive lists of different kinds of gifts the Holy Spirit brings. Chances are you already have one because he's already given you one. But you are not limited to one. You can have more. I say that. You can what? You can covet. Explain the word covet. You can desire somebody else. You can desire. Too. You can desire. Amen. Amen. You can desire. Are you in First Corinthians chapter 14? Now we're going to deal with the gift of tongues because it was a problem then as it is a problem now. And Paul did confronted. So please, let's start from chapter 14 and let's read. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to, to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They alter mysteries by the Spirit. All right, pause. Is tongue supposed to be understood? Yeah. He says, no. Anybody who speaks in tongues, he's not speaking to people. He's speaking to who? God. God. Nobody's supposed to understand it. So why did the people understand the tongues on the day of Pentecost? Because the Holy Spirit chose to bring an interpretation to it. He chooses. You don't choose. That is the thing Christians make mistakes. Hey, all of you come, gada, gada, gada. We fast for 21 days. Let's lay our hands and our legs on you. And um, today you will receive. You will receive. He determines. Ours is to pray. When you are done praying and nothing happens, don't get discouraged. Because the Holy Spirit decides. Are you guys with me? But anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to men. They are speaking to God. So never ever underestimate the power of that gift as well. Are you guys with me? All right, verse 3, hon. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Mm-hmm. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. Why? Uh-huh. Why is it that the person who speaks in tongues edifies or builds himself up or herself up, but the one who prophesies is actually building or edifying the church? Why? Because the one who speaks in tongues is not speaking to people. He's speaking to God. You don't understand. It sounds gibberish to you. But to God, it's not gibberish. (laughs) Right? But if somebody is prophesying, he's using natural language. The Bible says that person is helping all of us. All right? So verse 5, Paul says something here. Go ahead. I would like every one of you 
to speak in tongues. Pause. I would like every one of you to. to speak so the apostles saw the need that speaking in tongues is important. But he also wanted to bring a balance to it. If you read the whole of 1 Corinthians 14, he tells you the purpose of speaking in tongues. And I will summarize it at the end of the lesson for you. Okay? But then he says it ought to be something that is used in a particular way. It can be used in a private setting, and it can be used in a public setting. When it is used in a public setting, it must be interpreted. Because if it's not interpreted, it doesn't build anybody else up. Right? But it does not negate it. That's what I wanted you to see. Read verse um, 5. You started. Okay, please I would finish. like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. Now, please, the word greater does not mean the one who prophesies is better. What he, the word greater, as it appears in this NIV word, if you break it down, what it simply means is that the one who prophesies is speaking in a language that makes sense to people. So he's actually what? Helping them. In comparison to that, if somebody is just speaking tongues to people, it doesn't make sense to them. So he is not helping them. Did you get it? All right. Now, if you look at these verses, first of all, we notice that Paul is teaching clearly through the Holy Spirit that speaking in tongues has its place. Let's read verse 14 and 15 and I'll summarize it. Are you guys learning anything? Verse 14 and verse 15 are the same First Corinthians 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. If I pray in tongues, my spirit Huh. If I pray in tongues, my, my spirit prays. So he's telling you that number one, tongues is for prayer. Mm-hmm. There's a level of prayer you can get to when you speak in tongues. Because your natural language can go so far. Are you guys with me? All right. Please go ahead. But I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit. But I will also sing with my understanding. So we don't only speak in tongues. We also sing in tongues. Did did you just read your Bible? And he's saying that this... So tongues is not only for private prayer, but it is for public worship. That when we come together and we are worshiping and some of the people leading us are are worshiping in tongues, they are not erring. Are you guys with me? Let me give you four things tongues does. Please write it down. The purpose of the gift of tongues. That tongues is number one for public adoration. That is worship. I will sing with it. And I'll worship with it. In the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 11, you remember on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says, everybody heard them speak the wonderful works of what? Of God. Secondly, tongues is for public proclamation. When we declare something, and then once we interpret it, it becomes a blessing to people. So it is for public adoration. It is for public what? proclamation. Thirdly, it is for personal edification. The one who speaks in tongues build themselves up. Finally, it is for private prayer. Private prayer. If you want to take your prayer to a next level, you must seek for this gift. But please, you don't go learn it. Don't go learn the thing I tell you. Montage, Yahama, Povoshito. Don't, don't do that. Ask the Spirit enabled them. As the Spirit, I'll take time one day. I think I'll make it a different session from church, anybody who wants to hear it, and I'll really dive into it. I was a doubter of this gift. So when God took me over, I have never put it down. It is so crucial in the life of the believer. Amen. These four things is what this gift is all about. So, so far we have looked out what happened. Can it happen today? Can it happen today? Yes, Yes, it can. But when it happens today, we must understand it's not only about tongues. 
it goes beyond it. Are you guys with me? We want to answer the final question. How did it happen? How did it happen? Were they chasing the Holy Spirit? Were the apostles chasing the Holy Spirit? Jesus says, wait. So all you can do is to wait. You wait, number one, in what I call the promises of Jesus. And secondly, you must wait in prayer because that's what they did until the day of Pentecost. You must wait in prayer. You must wait in the promises of Jesus. He has promised that he will baptize you. Let us wait. Amen. Today, I wanted you to fully understand that when the Holy Spirit came, it was for our good. Never attempt to live your Christian life without the Holy Spirit. Never. The only reason we are all frustrated is because we are living our Christian life with our head. If you will live with the Holy Spirit, He will, one, help you out. God says, I gave the law, but today I give my spirit. He is the law. He will lead you. He will move you around. He will tell you what to do. He will tell you what not to do. I pray that we will fully understand that. As we close this morning, I sense this deeply in my spirit. And I believe it ties into the message, so I will end with it. The book of Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29, Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heaven laden, and I will give you rest. How is he going to do it? How is he going to give us rest? He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy. Hey, the last time I checked, a yoke is never easy. So then it hit me to go and look for the meaning of the word easy. And I found out that in the Greek, the word easy means agreeable or something that fits. In other words, Jesus is saying, if you do it my way, with my Holy Spirit on the inside of you, I will make sure that your pain, your troubles, your atrocities, they fit my plan. So you don't say things like, how come I'm going through so much? God says it fits his plan. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. How he did it. Because whatever he does fits his plan. And I pray that we will come to him. Shall we pray? I wanted to pray this morning and ask that the spirit of God would work in your life in a very powerful way. Speak and say, Holy Spirit, I need you. I know you are in my life. But I desire for the gifts and I desire for fruit first. Wake in me. Let's all pray together. Thank you, Jesus. Help us, Lord. Talk to him and ask him, Father. Ask him, Spirit of God, come and breathe in me. I pray that, Lord, that whatever gifts that you have brought, that we will desire. But more importantly, may you work in us that you may work through us to bring your purposes and let it fit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, talk to him. It's a serious matter.
Rado, Shado, Sada, CDD, Babo, Bade. Lord, that we will come to a greater measure of understanding in you and through you. That you want your spirit to lead us at all times. So he said, those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. That when we do not even know how to pray, that the Holy Spirit will pray for us. As we speak the language of the spirit. I pray that, Lord, that you would help us to fully grasp these truths. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us on this spiritual encounter. Need more help? Text radio to 301-696-8555 or visit us on the web at covenantfamilychapel.org. You may also visit us at one of our in-person services on Sundays at 10 a.m. and discover the difference that the kingdom of God makes. Like up on social media, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Covenant One Family.